LA Family Food Group was established by Charlie Lumpkins to produce Chef Jibren specialty vegan eats, offering a range of vegan gluten and vegan soy-free chicken products. Their special recipes ensure everyone can gather around to enjoy their sassy eats. LA Family Group LLC is unabashedly about invoking a comforting, familiar love of food, promoting the fullness of life, and inspiring a deep sense of experiencing something again, but for the first time. Sassy Jack Chicken and La Vegan Chef Brands are all about fueling their unique journeys, about living in the moments that make us human. It's about eating, sharing, collaborating, thought, and coming away having felt seen, understood, and full. Please join me in welcoming Charlie Lumpkins to Hot Mama Chronicles. Hey! Hey! How's it going? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, I want to welcome you on behalf of our, our audience, and I look forward to talking with you and getting into it. So we always start um, with everyone's origin story. So tell me how the young Charlie grew up, um, what was life, life like for um, Charlie, and how did you get into being sparked by this industry? Wow. Um yeah, so young Charlie, I just have always been a little bit of a risk taker, even when I was younger. Um, my parents are evangelists, so I've always been around a lot of people, always been around um, community and really always had a strong sense of community. I might be like the last generation that was like raised by your neighborhood still. Like <laughs> There was not too much I could get um, away with, but you know, I was always trying to form some kind of dance group or um, some club or something, you know, getting people involved. I guess some people would call that bossy, but <laughs> I um, I just always enjoyed being around people and sort of getting people together. So, you know, like many, I was raised in a church, raised just in that sort of environment. And it's carried me through just about anything I've done. You know, growing up, in my teen years and then you know later when i started my career in food and beverage i really looked at it as ministry in a lot of ways where i i've always felt a high sense of responsibility to make sure that everyone was involved and felt seen and felt heard and it's just something that i've always carried sort of with me but um the interesting thing about what i do now it's really honing in on a lot of those things I used to love to do when I was a kid, which was, you know, cooking with the family and and doing those things. So now I get to do them for more people. And I always say, you know, I'm trying to feed people and it's true. I, I like doing that. And I like knowing that I'm, I'm a part of, you know, even their special moments. So yeah, that's, um, it's always been a common theme, common theme in my life. What were some of the foods that felt like home to you? you know, that you were growing up with and what are some of the, um, you know, in terms of the local eats here, um, what are some of the foods that, you know, feel like home to you now? Yeah, so the big reason why I started Sassy Jack Chicken is because, I mean, I grew up, my dad did a lot of the cooking, deep Southern roots there. So, I mean, we threw down on a lot of, a lot of chicken, a lot of meats. Um, you know, I would always tease and say, you know, instead of having two sides, we'd have two different kinds of meat on the table. Um, interesting enough, a lot of my family now are vegan or vegetarian. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Yeah, comfort food to me, you know, potato salad was like one of my favorite things of all time. Fried chicken, like on a Sunday, I mean, come on. There's, it doesn't get any better than that. So, you know, a lot of the choices that I've made health-wise weren't necessarily that I don't enjoy those things. I just wanted another way of enjoying them. Um, and that's why I always say, you know, reintroducing something that's traditional, but different and getting familiar with it all over again. Now, uh, Boston has like an amazing food culture that's coming up. I've, I've been in this culture a while just from 
um, working in different restaurants uh, throughout the city and with different chefs, uh, I've seen it really grow to something that's something unique. And, you know, having grown up in California, there's always been sort of like a good mishmash of like all these different cultures and flavors. And I didn't always see that in Boston, but now I'm seeing it more and more. Uh, which I love. You know, you can go to one restaurant and literally eat the globe. You know, you can you find all these different kinds of, of foods, which is really amazing. My comfort food right now is ramen. Like, I'm all about the ramen right now. I love it. It's it's something that like I've been I've been going to. I have this thing where when I find something I like, I don't know if other people are like this, but like I just go, I eat it all the time until <laughs> until I, find, I have to find something new. So right now my thing is ramen, which I really love. I've always been a huge fan of, of East Asian and Asian cuisine. And you see a lot of that reflect in, in some of my cooking and some of my signature dishes, especially in using jackfruit, which is like my number one ingredient. Um, that I love to use and that really has a uh, long history in East Asian as well as um, Latin cuisine. So yeah, those are kind of my things right now. So talk to me about this lifestyle. I mean, and, and you know, let's start with the word vegan, just demystifying what that means and then how you made the choice to go um, to go there. And then how did you also decide to start this amazing brand because it's you know that I, I find that so courageous and brave and um you know it's definitely a, a lifestyle choice but it's also you know breaking up and disrupting you know communities especially for communities of color yeah so that's the there's always been this sort of ongoing tension um to be quite honest, even within the vegan community, especially amongst people of color. And um, really what I like to say is, you know, vegan as a term is something that we understand as being something that doesn't have animal products in it or any animal usage in it. Um, however, the lifestyle or the diet really is a sustainable diet. I mean, these are, you know, eating things that are not, um, not having animal protein on your plate is really something that cultures all over the world uh, consider just their regular diet. It's not something that is unique and or special. What's different about today is, you know, we can talk about vegan, we can talk about plant-based, we can talk about, being vegetarian, but really it's just about making a choice to eat a diet that's not only sustainable environmentally, but sustainable for your body. Something that your body is not working hard to digest. It's not working hard on the functions of your body so that you're able to really perform in a way that is at your peak level. And, but even within that, you know, I always say you, you really have to take the time to understand what your body needs. And first, it's not for everybody. I was vegetarian for a very long time, for about 12 to 13 years. And I've only recently um, started really focusing on the vegan diet within the last three or four years. And that was, you know, for me, it was more of a, a health choice. And I think for a lot of people in our community, it's more so for that, you know, getting older, not wanting to be um, looking at some of the genetics in my family and wanting to be able to do what I could to make an a positive impact on that. Uh, so that's really where my journey started and it's still a journey. You know, there's, I have a lot of allergies and um, I recently found out that I'm allergic to uh, quite a few things, including like nuts, which I never knew um and different things so i even now i'm still tweaking what does that lifestyle look for me and i don't really like calling it a, a diet because it's it's not a diet you, you shouldn't be ever feeling like you're um taking away something you know it's all about transforming what it is you normally or would typically or traditionally eat 
and finding something that gives you that same level of comfort. Because as you know, there are a ton of what we call, you know, vegan uh, substitutions and we make it look like meat. Um, we make it look like what it's, it's um, you know, it's counterparts, it's meat counterparts. And really that's just because, you know, a lot of us don't necessarily have an issue with meat itself. We've just chosen to, you know, eat differently. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to do with trying to abstain for something. Although there are vegans that are that are out there that are like that. That's just not necessarily my my stance. I like to say um, I'm vegan for health. You know, there's people that say they're vegan for the environment. They're vegan for the animals. But <clears throat> my journey really started with wanting to be able to um, positively impact some of the health issues in my family genetically. And it's been successful for me. And then, you know, I have a lot of people in my family that are um, gluten-free. So I really tried to think about when I'm, when I was creating or really thinking about starting this business is creating something that could bring everybody to the table. You know, I don't substitute on flavor or taking risks in my dishes or the things that I create because I want everyone to feel comfortable uh, when they're eating it. I don't want anyone to look at my items and say, oh, that's vegan, I, I won't enjoy that. Really what I focus on is you will enjoy it no matter what and you will still walk away feeling like you really had something that was special. Um, and that you didn't miss anything in that in that process. But getting to the point of actually starting, um, the brand took just a lot of intentional thought. It took a lot of getting over my fear of putting myself out there, of, of walking away from a successful career in events and operations um, in the city, having worked for the garden and Starwoods for many years and sort of, you know, realizing like, wow, I really invested a lot in that, but this is really where my passion is. So I tried to juggle it for a very long time and do both. And it just got to a point in, in um, 2016 where I really felt like um, I was ready to make that step, ready to make that leap to do something that I really felt passionate about. Um, I really wanted to, and I love the word, like demystify the idea of what it was to be vegan or, or vegetarian. Um, I'd always experienced it where, you know, oh, you're vegetarian. Oh, you must eat, just eat salad and tofu. No, there's so many other things um, out there. And I, I wanted to be a part of that new voice, sort of that new voice of this is something that can live simultaneously with everything else, with all other food options that you have out there and, um, you know, something that you can enjoy and feel good about. So that's, that's essentially what drove me to starting it. And even still, it took, you know, it, it took work. It took really believing in myself that I could do something on my own. Um, so, you know, and it's, it's a constant, it's um, your when you take that leap, there's always a self-doubt. There's always sort of going over those own, your own mental obstacles. And you just have to, or what I have found is that, you know, really having faith, believing that, you know, my purpose is offering this option to our community is really something that drives me to just keep keep going forward, keep pushing, keep having, looking for the opportunities to share and to grow, to grow this brand. You know, talk to me about like the early lessons of establishing this business and, um, you know, what are some of the, the things that, you know, there, there are women out there that are thinking about making the leap. They're, um, you know, doing like their job and their side hustle, what they really want their side hustle to be their full hustle, right? Like mm -hmm. what, what are some of the things that, you know, you learned early on that would help others um, as they suss out their next opportunity and making the jump? Um, it's, it's, that's a really um, great question. I think from my perspective, I was 
where I was, um, I had this career, I have two children, I have a husband, I have all these, these things in my life that I'm accountable to. And I think the hardest thing or the first thing was to really assess Am I able to do this? Am I able to focus on this and still be able to provide for my family? And and I think that word provide, I really had to think of it as is all of my provision just financial? Or, you know, can I really focus on my provision being spiritual and emotional and and what is the value in showing them that you can sort of take this this unbeaten path and do something special with it. And so first I had to really reconcile with that. And to start that, I spent a lot of time in my thoughts, really thinking things through, really assessing what is my level of passion? Am I going to start this today and and not be able to sustain it tomorrow? Um, because really you have to be like your, your biggest cheerleader. <laughs> you have to be you have to be the person who above all else has sort of considered all of the cons so that you can really focus on the pros because what I found in those early stages especially when you're switching I think that scares a lot of people you know they're like well but you have this job like you have this this income why why would you make this step um, and it's hard when you're an entrepreneur, when you have that, that fire in you, it's, it's, it's not a vision that other people can always see. So you really have to be like your ambassador for that vision. So I spent a lot of time thinking, a lot of time um, speaking to other people in my life who I felt had made some of those courageous steps and listened like really listen to them and, and ask questions and really vetted it through. And there's, you know, I, you have like, I had that like aha moment, like this is what I wanted to do. And then that excitement of, of really feeling like, okay, I'm gonna do this. That lasted probably about like two months. <laughs> and I had to t- then I had to say, okay, now what are these steps? What am I doing next? How am I going to push this forward? Um, So you're constantly, for me, I was constantly just kind of having check-ins. It's also very, you know, there's this idea of having positive thoughts, which I really translate to having intentional thoughts. You're gonna have setbacks. You know, there were definitely times that the business model that I started with isn't the model I'm working with now. And that really evolved through sort of that intentional thought, okay, so this is not working. That doesn't mean all of this is not working. This is, you know, how can I rehash this? How can I use this? How can I be more effective? And for me, my process has always been taking the time to understand what it is that I want out of this process, understanding what my purpose is. So you're not, so I'm not so taken back when things don't necessarily go the way that I wanted them to. Um, I'm always looking for another way to sort of reappraise what is happening. And I think that's good for any entrepreneur, really, no matter what it is that you're doing, there are gonna be days where you feel like you've knocked it all out of the park and then there will be days where you're lucky to get one or two things done. And I really tried to focus on quality over quantity And that has just taken, that takes time. It just takes time. So you have to be, you know, really patient with yourself. Like I tell a lot of people who are starting businesses, be patient. You will get opportunities that seem like they're a good fit and they might not be. And, you know, you just, you just keep rewriting. You just keep rewriting, keep pushing. I think that's the most important part. It is hard. (laughs) It is hard but it's a good heart, it's a good heart. And I think for me, because it started like going on this health journey, finding this fit into, you know, my desire to always be in culinary and then um, moving out of a career that I was in for 13 years 
I was sort of doing like all this transformation at once. So this business has sort of matured me in a lot of ways. I would say deeply really showed me like what my stuff is made of. And I think that, um, that it's, it's good. But those, you know, that's part of the, what is hard about it. But, you know, knowing what you want, for me, knowing what I want, spending time with myself, you know, every day I spend five to 10 minutes, not even like on an agenda or anything like that, but just really just centering my thoughts and, and doing a lot of intentional thought of, you're doing a great job. Like this is, look at how far you've come from a month ago. Look at what you accomplished in this last year. Look at all that you have to look forward to. Look at this like great idea that you're thinking of. That's going to be really special. So just really being my own cheerleader is something that's been really effective for me in, in starting this business. And it's constant. Like it's just, you have to constantly do that. I love that. And I, I think, you know, I'm so happy you lifted entrepreneurship as being hard because there's so many people that are out there that are co-founders and, you know, um, or have the title entrepreneur, but it's really a journey and it's a long road. So the fact right. that, you know, you lifted the hardships as well is amazing. When you think about or you've lifted, um, you know, in terms of the um, in Boston and, and being in the Commonwealth, like you can't talk about food without talking about community. So can you talk about just, um, you know, the, the, the fabric and the community and how you've been received in terms of doing this work? And then just, you know, the fact that you are a woman of color disrupting this space and why, you know, in terms of having this as an option, why this is so important, especially for um, communities of color. Yeah, I think I think it's super important. What I've noticed, especially, you know, when I, I do a lot of engagement with the community and that's really something that is important to me, community as a whole. Um, what I've noticed though, is there's not very many people of color in this space who are getting necessarily the recognition of being culinary artists in this space and I don't think that it's at fault of anyone in particular or you know or at fault of anyone actually I think that what it comes down to is exposure having the resources to be on these platforms at a level with the other you know vegan culinaries that are out there that's been, you know, having access to that has been um, what I see as some of the the issues. What I what I uh, drive to do is a lot of my events and and the things that I put together. I always try to highlight an up and coming vegan artist or vegan um, or vegan or vegetarian artist or culinary. Uh, that's something I feel like you know we can take the position of seeing that there's an issue there or finding a solution. So I, under my Lithuanian Chef brand, I really try to hone in on that and highlight some of the amazing things that are happening on the vegan side uh, as far as people of color. There are a lot more coming out. I mean, there's so many, there's so many amazing, amazing chefs out there that are doing some really incredible things. And their food is good because we have such a long history of having um, of having a huge impact on American cuisine and cuisines around the world. And I'm talking like there are there's an amazing company outside of um, Brockton who's doing Cabernet vegan food, who is transforming lobster rolls, cattle vegan. They're amazing. There's Haitian um, vegan. Um, <clears throat> woman Sabrina Discover Vegans is doing Haitian patties and there's just like so many more things that are out there that are so very special um, and I, I what I love about my partnership with the Commonwealth Kitchen is that they have really found a way to promote that highlight that and to support it I've yet to see um, an organization who does it as well as they do and as seamlessly as they do. And 
it makes it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. But what I love is, you know, when I do these events and I see young people come up and they're like, oh my gosh, they, you know, they eat with their eyes first and they're like, wow, this looks really great. I didn't even know it was vegan. Like, I just want to eat it because it looks good. And they're just excited about seeing something that they recognize and exciting that, you know, something that's somewhat of a healthier option for them, but they can relate to. It's, it's relatable. I think food is even that much more amazing when you can relate to it. You can see it and say, okay, I know what this is. I know what to expect. And you can engage with it um, in that way. And to sort of get rid of that idea that, you know, they're expecting, oh, you know, my friend brought me to this vegan event and I was expecting to have, you know, tofu on a stick, which I do sometimes. But, (laughs) you know, in these cases, um, they get to see, you know, wow, those are, those are vegan patties or those are pastels or that is chicken. And I can't, I can't believe that. And that's really what starts the conversation. And I think that, that helps um, that helps all of us. It really helps all of us. And I think, you know, something else that I often sort of <clears throat> touch on is vegan veganism and vegetarian vegetarianism is really something that is accessible. I think, especially a lot of people of color might not realize that the foods they grew up on are vegan you know those staples of rice and beans and salad and greens and sweet potatoes and you know those kind of staples are is the staple of of veganism so if you kind of if i can get them away from the label so to speak then they can see oh well this is really already something that i'm engaging in this is already something that is a part of me so now I can now I can approach it comfortably and confidently and not as something that is like strange and weird. <laughs> as far as um, community, I think there's there's a lot more, especially now like I'm seeing that there's a lot more interest from artists and celebrities who are who are taking an interest in it, which I think also helps to co-sign sort of what we're doing on a whole, but it's, you know, it takes all levels to sort of, to make it accessible to everybody. And I see that happening more. No, it's so important. And I think, you know, um, even, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who um, moved up here from Atlanta and she didn't realize she had grown up in a food desert. She's, we, you know, she lives not too far from Whole Foods. And the mm-hmm. fact that she can get fresh produce you know, she, it was mm-hmm. never like a, it was never a friend of mine until she, she started having kids and they have where she lives. She, they have farmer's markets still and like can get fresh fruits and it's affordable, which I mm-hmm. think is when everybody thinks about, you know, becoming a vegan or even vegetarian. It's like, oh, it's so expensive and it's really mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Um, actually it's, it's more cost effective, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, um, cause you know, whole foods, you know, um, if you can afford it, that's great. But you know, right. the farmer's markets and those, you know, there's so many there's you know so many opportunities to kind of reach out and go but you really have to look for it for that Mm -hmm. opportunity but I think accessibility is so key so I think as we sit here we're still you know in the middle of a pandemic and Mm -hmm. you know whatever this space is you know we're still in it um so talk to me about how as an entrepreneur you've you've reacted and responded to the pandemic how have you shifted your mindset in terms of how you do your business i think for a lot of us especially for me it actually gave me an opportunity to really focus on the community that i've built via social media via my events again i use that word it sort of really made me hone in be intentional on how i was engaging interacting with the community that i built because it became very clear to me like it did amongst you know a lot of my peers too that we were sort of living in this bubble and like oh we have this great product like we have this great restaurant come and engage with us come and eat oh people are gonna go out it's a saturday friday night like we just we knew 
that it was going to be fine and good and everyone's going to be able to just sustain their business. And then this happened and all of a sudden you had to realize like, whoa, it really shifted the gears and said, it kind of gave the power totally back to the consumer that, you know, back to that community, like how well did you actually engage? Was it just sort of going through the motions or did you actually build a connection with people? I am so blessed and so lucky to have a group of people who enjoy my brand, who enjoy interacting. And they literally, literally carried me through, through, you know, 2020. I had actually gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, it's March, everything's shutting down. Maybe I'll just ride this out. You know, I took the, first they took the approach of, you know, let me take this time to reassess and I'll figure out um, sort of what I want to do with the brand in the future and going down the road. And people were calling and asking for Sassy Jack. They were asking for the chicken and asking, you know, well, where are you? Are you going to be popping up? And that just like, it, it blessed me. And it just, it just opened my mind to see that, okay, this is, this is an opportunity and perhaps maybe you're doing something right. <laughs> it was a bit of a confirmation that perhaps you're doing something right. You know, I don't have all the bells and whistles. I don't have the multi-million dollar um, bankroll, but you know, perhaps you've actually been making connection and that just was so heartwarming. And so I, I pivoted from trying to think of that grander scale for a moment and just refocus and, and started to sell directly. And <clears throat> I think a lot of my peers eventually got to that space, but then, you know, also thinking, well, how else can I add value? You know, it's not just my product at this point, but how else can I add value? Can I share for you? Can I, you know, I got with a couple of other entrepreneurs and started posting their products on on my page. How else can I serve the community? I did an event um, in October of 2020, and it was really just like my thank you to the people who were kind of like staying strong with me. And and I felt like at that moment, we have just gone through so much. We've come through the summer and there was like a reprieve for a minute. And I'm like, I just want to celebrate um, all of our accomplishments <laughs> for getting through uh, these last, you know, nine, 10 months at that time. So, and that was well received. So it, it really taught me a lot that you cannot take, you can't take it for granted. You can't take for granted how valuable your customer base is, how valuable your client base is, how valuable your community is. You, and there's always an opportunity to add value above and beyond what it is that you're selling. And I think that's, I think that's really important because that's when you sort of get those confirmations of, is this working? Am I connecting with people? Are we having this deeper conversation that I think we're having in our mind and that we actually are having? But so many, it was tough. It was really hard for a lot of my peers in 2020 and not everybody, not everybody survived it. Um, not everybody's business survived it. And I just find, you know, I, I consider myself double blessed because not only was I a new business coming into that year, I was also able to come out of it kind of a little better than, than when I started it. So I think, you know, those of us who really, who, who were able to pivot in that way to, to actual value, um, were able to sort of navigate our way through it. And I feel a little more reinforced now, both mentally, emotionally, and um, as a businesswoman, I feel a little more reinforced. Having known that, okay, I can get through this, like I've got some tools now in my back pocket where I know how to work through these things, you know, if these kinds of challenges arise strategically. And I think that's important because it's always a balance. You know, when you're first starting a business, it's like, it's your, it's your baby. So a lot of 
what you're doing is really off of intuition and what you feel is right and you're sort of just putting yourself out there and then you know over time you sort of fine tool okay this works this translates this doesn't translate because not everything does and it doesn't mean that it's bad it just means it doesn't I mean considering the outlets that we have whether you do social media or whether you do videos or however it is like it's not always that you yourself aren't able to translate it. It's just sometimes it's having to fine tune what that looks like. You know, if, if social media doesn't work for you, find something that does. If getting in front of your, your community does, then do that. I did pop-ups for a long time because I wasn't comfortable on social media. You know, that was sort of my strategy. I knew that I could talk to people. I knew that I could engage with them and get them excited. Um, and I really had to build my social media sort of feeling comfortable on it. That's what, that's what I did. And ultimately doing that all of sort of 2018-19 when 2020 came okay now we have social media okay girl we gotta we gotta get on this we gotta learn how to engage on this and I was ready for that I was ready for that because I had sort of collected collected not only confidence but you know collected this community along the way so be patient you don't always have to sort of you know that's what I learned you don't have to put a penny in every pot you can you can be intentional and really just focus on um, the quality of what it is that you're you're producing or engaging in versus you know quantity. I love that, and I, I think too, like you know, you lifted so many things about your business, and and I think that um, you know you're you definitely are a woman of faith, and you talked about how your faith intersected or intersects with your purpose. But you know, as you think about you know your business, what are your hopes and dreams? My hope, <clears throat> my hope and dreams is to have um, the vegan chef brands and Sassy Jack brands to be equal and as accessible as my counterparts that are out there. You know, I think that for me, what my passion is, is to be able to, and I always sort of go, I, I want to be able to keep it in its like, I hate to use the word bubble, but I want to be able to keep it in this form that I've loved on <laughs> and and be able to have that translate um, wherever it shows up and however far that it goes. And uh, that's why I'm spending so much time in making sure that it's, you know, the passion is put before the profit just so that I can, just so that I can be sure that the integrity of the brand is always there and I just feel like that's important especially now in this sort of climate that we're in that it's consistent in that way you know there's not too many family-owned businesses that are out there there aren't too many businesses where you can still call and you know the founder and the owner will answer and I want to be able to sustain that as long as I can but I want it to grow organically and I want it to um be a brand that when you walk into a store, when you walk into the airport, when you walk into the hotel, um, you'll see that brand there and say, okay, this this means quality. I know this is vegan. I know that care and daughters been put into this and you won't think twice about engaging with it. With Sassy Jack, I want it to be on every menu. I mean, it should be an option for everybody. At the end of the day, it's a fantastic snack. It's fun. It gets people talking. It's, you know, it's one of those things where you can, after you eat it, you're just like, wow. Like what, what, I, it wasn't chicken. It looked like chicken, but it wasn't. But this fry thing is really cool. And I just really love seeing people engage with it. And I think it can stand um, next to any meat option on the menus. I, I want to see that. I want to be able to walk into, you know, one of my biggest dreams is to walk into, I love sports and sporting events, is to walk into a venue and see it there and know that 
people who are vegan, vegetarian, flexitarians, um, gluten-free, soy, whatever it is, you know, that you have, there's something that's there for you. And it will sort of complete and complement your, your experience there. And then, you know, I want to give back to the community. I'm working on having gone through this process, having gone from an idea to a business plan to, you know, registering and going through wholesale licensing. I, I found, I, I have been very blessed and very lucky to have just this amazing group of, of people that I can go to, that I have um, befriended over the years in my industry. So I didn't necessarily have to rely so much on Googling or, you know, going to small business uh, sort of meetings and things like that, which are which have value. But I think anyone who's sort of operating in the space realizes a lot that's lost in translation. There's a lot that is hard to research. It, it can be vague in some parts as you're sort of progressing along the way. So I want to be able to create something that is more or less a blueprint for entrepreneurs like myself, who I feel, you know, have these great ideas, who have this passion. And sometimes the only thing that stops them from doing it is just not having access to the resources and, and to be discouraged. Because I know, you know, in 2012, I wanted to start and the journey started with me, you know, going online and sort of looking at things. And I was just like, whoa, this looks like a lot. Like, I don't, I, I don't know if I can do this right now, or I don't know if I can do this at all. And um, so I want to be able to create something that sort of breaks it down, makes it manageable, makes it uh, digestible and is very easy to uh, sort of navigate and help navigate and have some of those red flags that are up there. So I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot and I want to be able to give that back and, and make that easier for people. That's great. And I think, you know, part of the reason why I started Hot Mama Chronicles is to pay homage to the women who are living their lives, flaws and all. And so there's mm -hmm. no silver bullet. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, I wanted to ask you uh, whether you think Hot Mamas are made or are they born? <clears throat> So I think hot mamas, hot mamas are, hot mamas are made. <laughs> made. I would say in, in my opinion now, like I, you know, I, I thought about my mom for a moment because I just, I take so much strength from her, but I really, you know, in my conversations with her, she's even expressed that, you know, the only way through it is through it and you you learn you learn you you know I tell people push now before I, I I couldn't say this with confidence but push up against those things that make you scared push up against them see you know if, if specifically when it comes to business um push up against it see where you where it will take you see where you can go with it don't be afraid of it you know, I have gained so much confidence in going through this journey of business in my personal life. It's translated in just about everything else that I'm engaged with. And I don't think I would have gotten here without being able to first make that step of, okay, I'm not gonna, I didn't focus on being fearless, but fearing less fearing less of the things that were holding me back and ultimately um yeah like now I feel like a hot mama like now I can say that <laughs> but I know that I know the work is there and it's like it's so transformative it's so it's so amazing um I used to hear people say like you know the more focused you become on your business you might lose people or you lose things that didn't necessarily serve you. And that always sounded a little like scary to me. But what I realize now is really what you lose is you're just, you're not losing anything that is serving you. You're losing the things that are holding you back from really being able to walk in your purpose. 
And ultimately, if that is what you feel called to do, then those things will confirm itself as it goes and you just gain that confidence. Now, you know, now I look back and I used to look at people who were at a level where I thought, wow, like that's where I wanted to be. Like, that's a hot mama. Like, it's not me, that is. And now I'm like, okay, I can, I can see myself as a peer to them. And it's what I realize that makes us all hot mamas is we're, we're pushing, we're pushing the conversation forward. We're pushing the idea forward. Um, we're pushing what it means to be what it is in our roles. Um, you know, we can, we can have it all and we can have peace in our lives and we can have peaceful homes and we can still have a business you know these are these are things that are accessible to us and and very very doable so i wear it proudly now i love that i love that it's a vibe it's a whole mood it's an attitude (laughs) you feel it and i feel that for you so as we are into the last quarter of the year and 2022 is right around the corner saying, Hey boo, um, (laughs) what are you excited about? What's next for the brand and how can people connect with you and find you? Yeah. So what's next? So right now we have a, um, we have a stay, uh, at the Van Gogh experience at the Strand Theater. Let's begin. Chef Franz are there. We are also working on, um, uh, under our wholesale strategy, getting Sassy Jack Chicken into some recognizable places. We're working on that um, into next year. We are also working on our holiday menu, um, which is up right now, yes, uh, for Thanksgiving. And um, for next year, uh, the focus really, really is on sort of building um, Le Fegan Chef line. So we have some other things, some desserts and some easier sides that are coming out um, that would be sort of prepared food. So we're looking to get that into stores and really doing that. We just got, we've been trademarked for Le Fegan Chef and Sassy Jack, but we just got our register. So we're excited about that because now we can sort of, yes, we can, we can, you know, keep expanding. Um, So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of exciting things going on and hopefully sort of like the thing that I'm, I'm working through all of this is, is a cookbook. So I'm hoping that that will be something that I'll be able to share later next year. It's amazing. So yes, you can find me on Instagram. Um, Instagram, Lafegan Chef, um, or hashtag it's a heart thing. You can find me there. And on Facebook, just Lafegan Chef, you can find me there as well. And you'll find all the handles for the Thanksgiving menu and everything I have going on. And we'll link those up to the show notes. Um, so as we close, this has been a very amazing conversation. I've learned so much. I know our mm-hmm. audience has been fed no pun intended. And so, yeah. you know, as we close out, you know, um, just if you can share some words of wisdom with the audience, you know, again, everyone is sitting in the space of being impacted by the pandemic. You know, there are people that are reconsidering and reassessing what it means to be happy, mm-hmm. trying to find their joy and trying to find their passion they're stuck between two worlds, right? The world Mm -hmm. of the comfortable with their job Mm -hmm. and maintaining and sustaining this lifestyle and the world that they want to live in where it it requires a certain level of courage and bravery and Mm -hmm. vulnerability that you lift it up. So Mm -hmm. um, if you can just drop the mic for us on words of wisdom. Yeah, I think um, I would say find find your peace first. And, you know, it's one of those things that are, are a little cliche, but um, even while you're considering, even where you are right now, in order to take that very first step, you have to find your peace first. You have to find that, that continuity because that, that will carry you through where you are now, it's value where you are now and most definitely as you're going along this path and this journey 
if I didn't have that very rooted, seated depth of peace with myself, with who I am, with what I'm trying to do, with what I want to do, it would be hard because you're going to get people who will doubt you. You will doubt yourself sometimes. So you have to be able to sit in that peace and that peace will really grow your faith because the more unchanged and unmoved you become, the more bold you can walk forth in what it is that your purpose is. And to be intentional, you know, the worst thing you can do is give power to give power of what you want to do to someone else and to what they think you should or should not be doing. And I think that's constantly, or that is sort of what the struggle is. But if you're intentional and be intentional in your thought, be intentional with what it is that you want to do, know what it is that you want to do, even if that means just writing it down, even if that means, you know, for the first year while you're figuring out, going through all the what ifs, just vet it out, vet it out and, and, having that sort of plan to look back on, knowing that you've had that intentional thought will help. And one thing that I do all the time is on the really good days, the days that I'm knocking it out the park, I write notes to myself. You're always gonna remember how, you know, oh, that didn't go so well, that was bad. Um, those are good too. But the days where you really feel like, wow, I really walked in my power today. I really walked in my purpose today. That event was amazing. I really learned something. Those are the days I spent a little extra time writing myself little love notes. And days that I feel inspired, I write those notes. And I write them in the corners of my agendas, on my phone, wherever it might be. And it's really great because I'll go back and look, you know, to try to find out oh, where's the number for this person. I'll see a little note to myself and know, okay, wow, that was that was a really good day that encourages me to go forward it's and the last thing it's not the same for everybody i used to hear people say that all the time and used to think oh come on that's so cliche but it's so true it's not the same for everyone your path will be different your time will be different your timing will be different um but if at all and when you do doubt yourself take a walk down the bread aisle there's a lot of different friends out there. There's a lot of people doing the same thing, but you have something very special to offer. If you're feeling that yearning in your heart to do it, then that means there's a confirmation on the other side. So good luck. Good luck and God bless you guys. That's a wonderful way to end. Charlie, thank you for being you. I'm so proud of you and what you have established. You are a woman of purpose in carving out a market need as an emerging leader in the healthy food space. Please check out Charlie's brand with at www.sassyjackchicken.com. Thank you for listening to Hot Mama Chronicles. You can visit me at ameliaalbert.com and can find Hot Mama Chronicles on all podcasting platforms. Remember, the road to being a hot mama is about the journey and not the destination. One love.